0: Welcome to episode 2 of Daunt and Gabby. We're kind of like the snarky sister to Daunt and Abby. Much like Edith, but with a lot more wit and charm than she can muster. Here with us today, we have the four lovely ladies. Rachel Horowitz, from Oakland. Teresa Schechter, from Brooklyn. Brandi Sperry, from Seattle. And I'm Shannon Bowen, hailing from Oakland. Today, we are going to discuss the scintillating details of the
1: first episode of season two. All right, so when season two of Down Abbey opens, uh, we have just started World War One, or where for the viewer has what the the people are entrenched in it. You know, the subtitle shows up, the Psalm nineteen sixteen, and our first scene that we see is Matthew at war. And I think one of the things that draws me into this season immediately is that it's actually war stories are very common in literature. But I had a hard time thinking of other stories where you had a chance to get to know your characters before they were in a war. Um, and I think that's an incredibly creative thing that that Down Nabi is doing. You know, they, they could have easily started in the midst of World War One, and never had season one, and told a completely different story, which is usually what things that are about a war do. They don't. They don't really let you know um, what happened beforehand.
0: Well, except uh, Gone with the Wind, which is what it reminded me of, mm-hmm. is showing the Antebellum South, which is like season one of Downton Abbey,
2: and then it's a war story. Absolutely. Watching the first. Um, going straight into that war scene you you sort of start to like all the soapy kind of trivial will they or won't they stuff is immediately kind of shaken out of you and you realize you're heading into much more serious territory definitely i felt jarred by that the first
0: image was of war and not of daunton abbey
3: I wasn't expecting that either. And then I love the sorta of little misdirect when the war when that war scene ends and he says he's going to see a woman and I kinda of thought it was Mary. But in the very next scene you find out, oh he's engaged to someone else.
1: Oh, to someone else who's sort of maddeningly sweet and delightful. Like you wanna hate her, but it's it's Lavinia. Like I can't hate her at least.
2: Ugh, it's hard enough to be the new girlfriend but then to go with your new boyfriend or fiance to his ex's house <laughs> and they're
1: super well off and you're wearing a really awkward
2: green dress <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah that dress is <laughs> awkward yeah and you realize oh my gosh he totally dated like the rich beautiful girl just i felt i I
3: feel for her in this first episode
1: oh absolutely
3: and on top of it all, she has to deal with becoming the lady of that manner. I mean, it's pretty daunting.
1: Yeah, and Matthew, as soon as they walk in, he's like, Remember, someday this will be your home, elbow elbow, and she's like, Dude, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> that I love too when
2: they show the they bring characters like her in because it shows that this really sort of slow paced, extravagant country lifestyle where they have all these rules and this whole culture that not everyone is used to that. Like not, Yeah, that is good. Not everyone knows what the rules are or you know, not everyone leads this life of leisure.
0: Yeah, I think her and Sir Carlisle show how insular Daunt Nabby really is and that it is kind of this last
2: bastion of this old world that's actually starting to embarrass Sybil you know Sybil and the nursing is a really I thought a really awesome development like after seeing the war I love seeing Sybil's angst and unrest around you know I can't just sit around here and like knit I need to go do something
1: yeah and I love that but the actual idea of what to do would doesn't occur to her like she's obviously been agonizing over this but she could never come up with the idea of going to nursing school on her own you know she needs isabel she needs someone who's a little bit of an outsider from that and then it leads to some of the most hilarious and touching scenes of the episode where she's learning how to cook in the kitchen so she i love that i love everything about sybil learning to cook The
3: thing I totally love about Sybil learning how to cook is like Daisy is the one showing her how to do something. And Daisy, who spent all of season one being a total, like just inept little nothing, is now doing something better than Lady Sybil. And she actually gets to teach Lady Sybil how to do something.
0: Well, I like that there's a lot of foreshadowing that the world is changing and that, you know, she needs to know how to make her bed and she needs to know how to make tea. And that maybe Daisy might have the skills to exist in this new world more than Sybil.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then we kind of go also to seeing Edith learning how to drive, which um,
0: I is love that. highly
1: amusing. Watching Branson try to teach Edith how to drive. <laughs> I wish we'd gotten to see more of the actual learning process um, in this episode because she's just like... Okay, well I'll I'll be fine. I'll I'll figure it out. Shouldn't this work? And Branson's like, You're murdering my automobile. M'lady. <laughs> I'm a lady.
3: But then when she when she fires up that, that plow, like she she does it. I mean she's like Yeah. She pulls that tree ray right of the ground. She rips that's stump, Yeah. I was really, really proud of her. Oh. She's
0: firing up more than one plow, you know.
1: That guy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, really, Edith? Really? She has a uh, eccentric taste in men.
0: An old guy and a toothy farmer, you know? She has self esteem issues.
1: She has
2: your male. It's true. She's <laughs> like, you're male and you're breathing.
3: And you told me I was lovely.
1: <laughs> it's about me, therefore, I think you're amazing. And it's just like the inferiority complex that Edith has is almost physically painful for me to watch
3: (laughs) Yeah, i just really feel for her like she's got such low self-esteem and she's never been the object of anyone's affection except for strange anthony stralin so when this guy says she's lovely and is basically you know fawning all over her it's
2: true i mean he is like you are like the most beautiful thing (laughs) that's ever happened to this farm I love the
0: wife that just shows up around the corner looking really harried all the time.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. You gotta go to town and get the bone meal. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, is there anything less sexy? <laughs> Has there ever been a less sexy word than bone meal?
2: So it's kind of like when you have, you know, when you had a boy over in high school and your mom's like, keep the door open. <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> Edith and that dude in the barn with that lady. Is that The wife is the mom. <laughs> Is, yeah like kind of keeping an eye on them wait is that farm guy married to her
3: oh yeah, yeah. that's his wife. yeah, yeah. what, what? <laughs> that talk about what edith i know it's disappointing
2: <laughs> guys
3: yeah, it just needs some, a
2: married farmer. She needs
0: something to believe in you know this guy likes her she's away from the house where she's never the favorite i think she just needs this
3: she pulled out that stump out of the ground with the plow. I mean, like... I'd probably want to kiss a farmer after that.
0: Yeah, who's a slut, Edith? That's right.
3: <laughs> I think she, she needs to get away from Mary and Sybil, her beautiful okay. sister.
1: Yeah, well, it, it seems like the war is giving people enough to do that their lives are less revolving around each other. So that's good. That's that's promising for people to, like, have some real growth going on at least a little bit, you know? Yeah. And Mary has been away for a little bit. She's been staying in, a, in York or something. So I don't know. And that's apparently when Edith decided that she wanted to learn how to drive. So it is interesting.
0: It's good that she has a hobby.
1: Yeah. Totally. And 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 Branson's open to new things. He, <laughs> he's like the biggest feminist on the show. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <all> the- <laughs> I mean, but
0: do you guys think that Edith is just a classic bitch? I mean, is she like, you know, O'Brien Thomas villain category or is she just misunderstood? I mean, uh, know I think
1: she's Teresa has something <laughs> okay, to say I'll here. Stop. Do you think she's misunderstood, Teresa?
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I relate to Edith way too much for anyone's good.
1: You know, I, I can <laughs> I can actually I can go either way with her, but I lean towards your your position that she's she's just in such a terrible position most of the time socially. How can she help but lash out?
3: Even her parents make fun of her. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. They're like, "Oh crap, what about Edith?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: we never talk about Edith. Yeah. It's a whole nother movie. We need to talk about Edith.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope <not>. Oh, God. <laughs> I,
3: I do have a theory about Edith, though. I think that she is going to join the British fascist party, like in a couple of seasons, <laughs> when, when like Oswald Mosley becomes really powerful. I think she's going to marry Antony Strallen, and they are going to become fascists and hang out with the Duchess of Windsor. (laughs) That's better than my theory that she has Asperger's and she's slowly
0: devolving (laughs) into O'Brien. Give her 10 years. She'll have the same curls and the same bitterness and be smoking outside with some, with her, with her gay boyfriend.
1: (laughs) Let's talk about O'Brien for a minute, because we learned some interesting things about her in this episode. And we're sort of, we're sort of backing into different storylines, but, um, Bates has gone for reasons which I'm sure we'll get to and um, his replacement has shell shock and uh, what we would call PTSD these days Mm. is the only one who has any patience with him which is very surprising right off of the bat and later we learn and she confesses to him that she had a brother who was her favorite brother who um, had shell shock and then was sent back rather than discharged and ended up dying and and i think this is a super interesting thing to learn about her when she's been pretty solidly horrible all through season one
2: o'brien is i have to say a surprising treat opening up into season two. First we learn about this backstory which makes her kind of a sympathetic character and then she's also hilarious to the new maid oh <sighs> She is that maid. Oh, Ethel.
0: Who doesn't want to bitch slap her, you know?
2: Well, and I love the, like, senior girl pranks. Like, you know, the the, the hazing that O'Brien basically gives her and, you know, doesn't even get in trouble for. It's awesome. So I kind of find myself rooting for O'Brien in a major way. Wait, I
0: have an idea for a new YouTube video. It'll be to Uh, the song All By Myself and it's with O'Brien smoking (laughs) and then she's pulling the prank and then she has like the moment of sadness you could pull from season one post soap for a soap incident you know and she's just missing Thomas you know and it's just this is a video we need to make guys
1: It's true (laughs) Uh But then their reunion is so like lackluster she's like oh so you are here he's outside smoking
2: I feel also O'Brien when he does return. I feel like she's a little bit over him. Like you people
1: are dying. Absolutely. Like for how horrible O'Brien can be, she obviously takes the concept of war very seriously. So, Thomas's whole thing is that he pretends to be flip about almost everything, right? So, that's not going to fly for like the one thing that actually means something to O'Brien.
0: Well, it was satisfying to see him down and out in the trenches. I do have to say, like, him before he puts his hand up to get shot, like, seeing him at that point was like, thank God, you're human. Oh, my God, that
3: scene. It's amazing. It was. Yeah, that's a
1: really good scene.
3: Okay, I just did a search, and I have to tell you, no one has yet made the O'Brien all-by-myself video, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: Love it! Oh, this is a golden opportunity. We frankly. have a three
0: day weekend, and now we have a project. So we got a lot of Teresa. Let's get your video editing skills in here. Yeah. I'm sure we can work virginity in here somehow. You know, I'm sure O'Brien okay. is still a virgin. Uh,
1: oh, sad. O'Brien. O'Brien. We should uh, talk sometime about who we think is still a
2: virgin. She <laughs> had a totally slutty period in her youth obviously
1: interesting theory
2: um oh but the war the, the no, war the yeah.
1: war <laughs> i respect from from the um standpoint of thinking about how the show was made that they didn't try to do elaborate battle scenes but they knew that they could make a really good trench (laughs) and they just were like we're gonna (laughs) them down there you know like so much better than a cheesy battle right with like bad cgi or something like that like and it and it emphasizes what we care about is these individual characters i don't care about a big battle i care about where thomas is like care about where matthew is i care about what it might look like if william has to go away to war you know that's that's what i care about
2: so is matthew matthew's a relatively big deal in the war
0: i feel like i feel like back then if you were rich you
3: automatically
0: got like a title
3: he was a captain but i think all the all those guys have valets in the trenches trench valets. it's hard to get dressed on your own
2: robert poor robert
0: Having to buttoning his own buttons, God damn it, what does this world come to wow.
2: oh, and he doesn't even really
1: he doesn't even really get to be in the army <laughs> poor robert it, it's really interesting, and I think the thing that um that is interesting to think about always with the Earl of Grantham is that he has grown up with he has had three daughters who've grown up and he he doesn't have a a son in this war, which kind of makes things a little different for him I think, you know, he has Matthew out there granted, but he, I think he would think about it differently if like Mary was out in those trenches, you know he wouldn't be romanticizing it quite as much but I
2: think the war exasperates his already, he, he talks a lot in season one about he's really spent a lot of time sort of kind of understanding what his life, what the purpose of his life is. And it's a steward of Downton Abbey. And I think that's it. Just keeping this castle moving. Yeah. <laughs> that's all he does. And the war I think really exasperates just how posh and comfortable and squishy his life's work is, you know, mm-hmm. it's, people are out there getting their hands dirty risking their lives and he is wearing you know he's at tea parties in the lawn and in flower shows you know
0: yeah totally I mean I think that what I love about this first episode is that the war is this character that tests every man you know are you a hero are you a coward you know and it's each each man even Carson is like his way of not being a coward is like I will have these dinners on time and the silver will be polished and that'll show the Germans mm-hmm.
3: the horror of of war for Carson is having a maid waiting at table <laughs> that's like the worst possible thing war brings him is maids in the dining room
0: one of my favorite parts of this opening episode is the whole Isabel versus uh the Dowager about Mosley, and that they each voice oh, yeah. very valid opinions about war, you know that Isabel's like every man does it across his classes, every man should go, but the Dowager seems to have this knowledge that she knows that some men aren't cut for it, you know, obviously
3: Mosley is yep. not well in battle, and she tries to spare him, oh who else is terrified for William? besides me i think thomas calls him cannon fodder
0: oh Oh, he's just got that he's he's got that look of the lamb going to slaughter (laughs) i mean he's got that innocent face that you just you know you know in the horror movie that they're going to be the first to go
1: so idealistic yeah
2: while he gets brave and he wants to go he was clearly scared and freaked out well he becomes a man
0: and his first decision as a man is to go to war and for me, the whole first episode, I just think of the war as a character, and it's like this omniscient character, and I just kept imagining um, the cartoon of death from the Beetle the Bard stories in the, in the Harry Potter movie, the seventh one. And, oh,
1: God, so good. Yeah, yeah and oh, wow. that's what I imagine,
0: is like the war, that's the... <laughs> Character and he's just like dropping his long fingers into Daunton and he's going to pick which characters to take with him, you know? And I know, I, it's and
2: giving it's, me know, so crap. much anxiety thinking about season two because now I've got this, someone's going to die and it's going to make me cry. Yeah,
1: so I totally agree that the war is interestingly sort of a, a character and and it is one of those things where this show is not really interested in talking about the... The reason for the war or anything you know it's it's only about these characters and how they're affected by it, and probably the only character who is not particularly affected by the war because he's already been too injured to go back is Bates, and he's got this whole other drama going on that you know even though I defend him and Anna and their and their multiple obstacle love story that is required. <laughs> I know you think it's ridiculous. It
3: is... I have my finger it is down my less throat compelling
1: right now. When we, I, I can defend them throughout season one, but once we get to season two, to at least the beginning here, it is less compelling than everything that's going on because it's basically just petty Mrs. Bates shows up and wreaks hell, and you're kind of like, this is not as big of a problem as everything else that's going on. It really isn't. I just feel like Vera
0: is like... Jane Eyre all over again except she's not crazy in an attic she's just crazy in a hat with a cup of tea
1: spoilers for Jane Eyre
0: yeah. <laughs> oh my god if you're watching Dante and Abby if you haven't read Jane Eyre stop going to work tomorrow and just go, just go read it I'm disappointed in you
3: okay. I have a trivia point okay here's my trivia point um, the actress who plays Vera her name is Maria Doyle Kennedy and she was in The Commitments and she played the brunette singer Natalie in The Commitments
1: awesome Yeah, I, I saw an interview with her the other day and she was just like look I hate Vera too <laughs> like, <don't laughs> she tweets
3: she's retweeting all the nasty shit people keep tweeting about Vera
2: you can, I
3: follow her she's amazing
2: she just cracks the whip on Bates I like how she's like and then you'll get in the car with me we're out of here sucker (laughs) how funny is the Earl's temper tantrum
1: you'll not take any money from me oh I'm sorry Bates you'll have what's owing to you (laughs) He's so
0: and Bates doesn't say anything
3: I can't say my lord
2: (laughs) the Earl is like First they don't let me in the army. <laughs> then they're like you're in the army, but you're just a mascot. And then Bates quits. Who's okay. going to do my buttons? <laughs> this post-traumatic stress dude doesn't
1: know. What yeah, Mister Ling is pretty bad at the buttons. I don't know what happened to him. He had buttons shot at him in the war or something. <laughs> it's just bad.
0: As the cynical character person, I'm really happy that Sir Carlisle is here because he just shakes things up. I was horrified that he wore hunting tweeds on a walk. What the fuck is wrong with him?
2: Dude, what is Mary thinking? He is not attractive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. He's about- powerful. He's, he's not as bad as Eve's prospects. Let's be clear about that.
2: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Well, I thought, he, I thought his proposition to marry at the end there was so interesting. I felt, it, I felt it like maybe once upon a time, the, the Clintons had that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, we are powerhouse. Oh, that's great. To do big things in the world, you and I, you know? Totally. I would watch a whole show that is
0: called The Dowager and the Newspaper Man. I, I would watch a whole show that's just them sparring, them sitting in the room talking. I would. It would be so awesome.
2: I love. Oh, is this? Is this? The, are these the episodes where she, where the Dowager has her Greek chorus line? Yeah. Oh, uh, a Greek. I Greek don't want drama. everything to happen off.
0: I
1: off hate stage. it when action takes place on stage. Yeah.
2: It's so good, and it's moments like that where I feel like sometimes she is the voice of the audience, you know? She's saying what everyone else is thinking. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and there's also another great moment with her, one of the rare, rare times that she agrees with Isabel that Sybil should be allowed to become a nurse, and I just thought that was such a great scene where they were both like, listen, it's a war. And and nobody else quite gets it from from the female perspective because none of the other women besides the two of them have been through a war. The men, yeah. some of the men have, but but they understand from a woman's perspective that, that you have to do anything you can to pitch in, or or your life does not matter at that point.
2: I love how I love how Cora turns it into like a typical my daughter is going off to college moment, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I gotta pack her up and take her to Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> Even you kind of feel for the young people watching the show, knowing what we know about history. We know that once they get through this first war, things get things get bad again. You know? Uh, yeah. I do president. have that foreboding feeling. Yeah, like you can. This this age of innocence is clearly just about to be completely demolished. Mm-hmm.
3: All right, well,
1: that, that takes us to the end of Don Gabby episode two. Um, Like we're saying about the Tumblr, you can find us on Tumblr, dongabby.tumblr.com, as it goes. I mean,
0: if you want to geek out when you're bored at work, just check out our Tumblr, or Twitter, because Teresa is
1: really helping us all out. It's awesome. Also on Facebook at Don Gabby, on Twitter at Don Gabby, and... You know, you can just uh, send us any questions or comments that you might have to address on future episodes because we would love to hear back from any listeners that we have out there. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time.